With us today is Anthony Weiner. We need to get the opinion of the other side. What the heck is going on in our city, our state, our country, the world? Anthony Weiner, you were a congressman for how many years? Uh, about uh, 13 years. 13 years. So you, you got to know Washington a lot. And uh, one of my opinions uh, lately has been, and maybe you could respond to that, Washington has been become even broken, brokener. Is that a word? I'm going to check Webster's <laughs> Dictionary. Brokener in the last 10 years or something, or 15. It's, it seems like it's gotten worse. You know, people sometimes say to me, do you miss Washington? I have to tell you, I don't because it's no longer a place you go to get stuff done because the two sides are so etched in this permanent state of warfare. You know, we used to reward, to some degree, this group of members of Congress who would get together and work out deals on stuff. But increasingly, more and more members of Congress are getting elected, campaigning on the idea of blowing the whole place up, like this idea that they don't come to Washington thinking that they want to get stuff done. They just want to stop anything from happening. And that's problematic. I mean, ultimately, I think the voters are going to start rewarding people who take more of a practical approach to these things and a less ideological approach. At least that's my hope. Uh, the other thing that it, it bothers me in Washington, in, in the old days when you were there, I think, uh, uh, President Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich, they didn't like each other, and I keep telling you a story over and over, but they worked together as Americans to get things done. Yeah, I mean, to some... But it doesn't happen anymore. You're exactly right, because if you think about the imperatives, look at who... You know, back in the day, Tip O'Neill, Newt Gingrich, whatever, they had their firebrands on the, on the left and the right. But they could, they had enough strength and had enough base in the middle to be able to push them off. To say, listen, I can't, you know, I'm going to make this deal with the president. In the president's case, he ran kind of as a centrist. It's very different now. But, you know, to some degree, look at who Kevin McCarthy owes his speakership to. Not the centrist guys. He owes it to the real fringe guys, so he can't afford to make a single move towards the middle. But it's another thing that's happened that's different, and I think what you do on the station, you know, I have a show called The Middle on Saturdays. The idea of amplifying voices of people who say, I'm not going to fight with you, I'm going to try to work with you, that doesn't happen anymore. Social media now drills people into their lane, keeps them there, and no one ever comes up to you and says on the street when you're a politician, hey... I voted for you because I want you to go and compromise. They say, I voted for you because I want you to go and fight. But you need to give the politicians the muscle that if they do compromise, they can go back to their constituents and explain why. Uh, understood. And uh, it, it, it just, it seems like, and I hate to say it, there's a for sale sign in Washington. Whether it's the senators or whether it's the congresspeople or whether it's the executive office. I mean, it seems like money rules the the the, yeah. the roost. Well, that's true. But look, money is increasingly grown as a, an influence. You know, I one of the first times I met you is when I came as a congressman, later on as a mayoral candidate, and asked for your support. And you were the rare conversation. You didn't say, I'll do it, but here's the three things that I'm super interested in and I want you to go do. You said go out and use your best judgment. We became friends over that. More often than Besides not. Besides, you a Brooklyn Tech guy. Totally, that's exactly and right. And Brooklyn Tech guys always that have an open we, door in my, uh, in my to, office. That's right, we stick together. But nowadays, politicians spend hours and hours and hours on the phone calling up. I mean, special interest sounds like a dirty word, but it's people that have a very narrow interest, and a lot of them are business interests. And to some degree, Supreme Court decisions have left this open. You know, I think that it's completely reasonable to say we should have full transparency. Look, Republicans are upset about George Soros. 
Democrats are upset about the Koch brothers. I say we both shake hands on the idea. Don't let anyone make dark money contributions that we don't know where it came from to influence politics. Get them both out of it, Soros and Koch. Well, I agree. But you know what I agree even more? The foreign money on both sides. Well, that, there's no foreign money. That there is foreign money, Anthony. That's Anthony, a- I know the fact. I know there's foreign money coming in. And do your own research. You know, you know what I say to you? Do your own research. Hey, but I, I'm, I was a politician for decades. I was on the other side of those phone calls desperately yeah, looking for money. You've been out of it for 10 years, and I things, are, things are if getting you, bad. If you accept a contribution from a foreign entity, you go to prison. It doesn't happen. Well, suppose a foreign entity is contributing to a PAC. A foreign entity is contributing to a PAC. Someone's going to go to prison for that. Well... That somebody does it, has anybody I mean, ever have, gone, has anybody ever gone to prison? Oh, we 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 have a, we have investigations and, and indictments all the time about money. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump, you know, had a problem with one of his donors that was. And, and people look. I'm not saying that people don't sometimes accidentally make a contribution not supposed to. They're not a citizen, whatever. But not I'm, as a systematic I'm, thing. It, it is not, not a systematic. Because thing. here's here's the ultimate. Now, the ultimate. Anthony, the, I hope you're right. The ultimate. I pray you're right. No, but I tell you, here's the thing. Are, the, you, are you saying to me the Saudis are not making contributions? No, the Saudis. One way or another? Here's what the Saudis are doing. The Saudis, every former president, your friend of mine, Bill Clinton, the Bushes, every former president knows if he wants a contribution to his museum, they're going to get it from the Saudis. And so At least happens, $100 million. Oh, the Saudis, they're the worst. But they're buying golf tournaments, too. They're buying TV yes. stations. I mean, they are a real source. But in terms of making a contribution, anyone who thinks that they're going to get a, a $2,800 contribution and they're going to get it from a Chinese foreign national... For that, sale. That kind of thing doesn't, doesn't for happen. sale. I'm going to print up for you sale. Mean, you mean like Clarence Thomas? Well, <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, no matter who does anything wrong, it uh, should be called out on it. And uh, the fact is... He, he, did he accept it? Was he really a personal friend? You know, there's personal friends and exceptions. It's a problem. It's a real if problem. If it's a personal friend, it's a personal friend. But um, here's the thing. I, I, I believe, don't know enough about it to here's, talk about Here's it. what I believe. I believe in, in, in transparency to the nth degree. I mean, we saw our mutual friend Bob Menendez also was accused of this. He was acquitted because the person making the donations was indeed his friend. But the fact is when you're a judge... You have to be concerned not just about the law, but the appearance of, of impropriety. And the problem with – look, we have a judge here who's handling the Trump case who donated $15 to Biden. He's an idiot. He shouldn't have done it. I mean he did it like whatever a couple of years ago. You have – because the appearance is no good. The same is true when you're taking literally millions of dollars worth of gifts from a big donor and you don't disclose it, which is what went on in the Clarence Thomas case. It's the appearance. I'm not saying people are corrupt. I'm saying that we have – there's so much cynicism right now. We have to make sure it doesn't look bad, too. Understood, and I agree 100%. Now, you're, are you an attorney? I am not. I was on the, the House Judiciary Committee for years, but okay. I'm not an I'm Me, I'm an honorary attorney because <laughs> I paid so many legal fees in my life. They, they're going to give me an honorarium. That's exactly um, but I am concerned. Ethics. And I said this to uh, Alan Dershowitz last week. I said, what happened? Where's the ethics courses in, uh, in our universities. I, I mean, I, I always thought that, that uh, lawyers were guided by the Bar Association, guided by ethics, and it looks like that whole system is falling apart. Well, look, we do have a problem now that ideology seeps its way into the judiciary more than ever before. 
We have, you know, we have this indictment of Donald Trump. I've said it on my show. I have some real concerns about the indictment. I want to see what the case is. I've been through, as you know, through the legal system. I have respect for the idea of jurors being able to figure out what's right and wrong. You have a case in Texas where a federal district court in Amarillo, Texas, decides for the entire country that, uh, that, that a medicine that was available to, 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 end ab- to, to, um, to, uh, to women for, uh, for abortion. For abortions was going to be banned 23 years after it was approved because one judge who is an ideologue, I mean, I think even he would say he is, decides it. I think that a lot of it has to do, we have to restore confidence that the judiciary is on the level. We have to restore confidence in our system. I agree. And we're losing it. And the other thing, the other problem I have is the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation, I've always said this, 99.9% of them, 99.8% of them are honest, loving, patriot Americans that want to do the right job. But it seems like when the, if you have a politicized Department of Justice, they tell them what to do. Well, you know, here's the thing. I, I think that whenever we give someone a badge and the authority to investigate, to listen to our phones, to arrest us, we should be very skeptical. Left and right should both be very skeptical. But that's true. Uh, that's- and, and, and Anthony, you know me. I, I'm the guy in the middle. Right, I, extreme left or extreme right. I, I don't. I, was, I don't. I, I don't like it. No, I. I was always attacked in my primaries because I was supported by by the unions for the police officers. But I will say this: if you're skeptical about the FBI, as you should be, you've got to be. Skeptical. I'm not skeptical no, no, about saying, the individual uh, regions, but it seems like the, the Department of Justice may have their own hit squad. Okay, but if we're gonna say we, well, so know, did by the way. So did J. Edgar Hoover. Well, left and right are both. J. Edgar Hoover had his own hit squad. Right. Look at the number that the former head of the FBI did on Hillary Clinton. Now they're doing it. All I'm saying, and I have inside experience of how the FBI functions. You were there. I am saying we should all be very skeptical because fundamentally that the base of this country is suspicion of the central government's power. We should push back. Anthony Weiner, former congressman, I think we should continue our discussions in the future. And... Uh, to try to make a difference in our country to make sure our country comes to, to that our, the American citizens have confidence in what's going on. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see.